0: Evening everyone, it's great to be here, good to see you. Um, like Rich said, I lead the service that happens down in Holbeck and just wanted to bring you some news from Holbeck. We um We've just been doing an Alpha course, so like you guys have too, we finished it um, a couple of weeks ago and we had about 30 people come and do Alpha with us, which was amazing for us because our service has about 30 people in. So it was kind of a big deal. Um, And we, about like maybe five or six people have become Christians through that process. And I just wanted to tell you about a lady, an amazing lady, she lives in Holbeck. And she, on the night that Alpha started, she typed into Facebook things to do Holbeck tonight. And it was a Wednesday night. I mean, has anyone ever done that before? Ever? I think not. Um, And um, Alpha came up and she'd been to one of our Christmas services before. So she vaguely knew a few people and she was like, do you know what? I'm going to go along. And she came and after three weeks, she then also came to a service and became a Christian on the Sunday and then has carried on Alpha as a disciple of Jesus. So isn't that awesome? So she, yeah, So, she's now part of our church family. So, remember her and remember others in Holbeck who are getting to know Jesus in your prayers because they're part of our family, and that's really cool. And, like Rich said, we are in a series um, at the moment talking about disciple making culture. And what we mean by that is being a church full of people who are following Jesus and calling others on to follow Jesus as well. And it is just foundational to who we are, both as Christians and as a church. And so, um, yeah, I'm just excited for what God's going to do amongst us through this series. And tonight, I just want to start by asking you to be really honest with me. Um, Do you have moments where you just like lose it for no apparent reason? Maybe little things that cause a huge reaction to you. So a common one for me, when my son who's two throws his breakfast on the floor for the millionth time and I just want to scream. Or when you're driving in your car and someone cuts you up and language comes out of your mouth that you would never normally say. Or just sometimes when work-life like studies get the best of us and we just feel like we're going to explode. Or when things go wrong, when things don't go to plan, don't go how we want them to. Maybe we have an argument with a loved one or someone says something about us that just hurts. These things happen all the time, don't they? And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I've got capacity to cope with them. And other times I just haven't. And it's like a flip. Um, So what do we do when we face those moments? What do we do? Do we just feel guilty? Do we feel bad about ourselves? Do we just try and pretend it didn't happen and just crack on? I think often a lot of us are doing that aren't we, we're just trying to pretend that uh, these things aren't aren't really happening or we try and cope and minimise them and try and manage our lives so it doesn't happen too often or if it does certainly that not too many people see it, do you agree? Um, I guess I want to suggest tonight that maybe there's a different way to live actually little moments like this where we like bubble up, where we, where we see something that feels out of character, they can actually indicate something that, that's going on in our hearts. They can indicate something a little bit deeper. And actually there is a way to move through and move into transformation in those areas. There is a way into, to step into a freer, more happy, more fruitful life. I want to talk tonight about how faith in Jesus leads to inner transformation how when we meet Jesus, he changes us deeply from the inside out to be the people we were truly created to be. And you might be thinking, what's the point? I'm, I'm fine as I am. I don't need to change. And in some ways, I don't want to argue with that. But I also want to say, I think there's more for all of us whether you're a Christian or not, whether you've been a Christian for years or a few days, there's more for all of us because the life that Jesus talks about, okay, the life that he offers in the Bible that we, that we discover as we get to know him, is life to the full. It's the most satisfying, most fulfilling, most free life we could possibly imagine. And I reckon loads of us as, as Christians are settling for something less than that, something less than what Jesus intended that. You know, in John ten ten, Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And he really means it. He wants us to experience life in a way that is so full, so satisfying, so fulfilling just want to illustrate this by telling a story one of my favorite stories in the bible about a woman who tastes some of this so this is a story about a woman we don't we don't know her name we never find out her name what we know about her is that she's a place she's from a place called Samaria so a place that people would look down on a bit that they'd maybe judge someone who came from that area maybe a bit like Holbeck where I live and this story might be familiar to you it's it's in John 4 if you want to look it up but I'm just going to tell it and This woman, so she's from a place that people would look down on. And to be honest, she's made a bit of a mess of her life. She's got a track record of mistakes and failures, particularly when it comes to men. So she's been married five times. None of them have worked out. She's been battered and bruised by life. She's now with another guy who's not her husband. And she's deeply ashamed. She hates going out because people talk about her, they avoid her, they make her feel worse about herself. So she tries to hide from people. But she still needs to run her household and that involves going out every day to get water from the well. But instead of going early in the morning when it's cool, when everyone else does, she's so desperate to avoid other people that she goes later. She goes in the middle of the day, in the hottest part of the day, the worst time to be carrying huge jars of water. But she does that because she's so desperate to avoid people that she feels are going to judge her. And so this day she's walking to the well, it's the middle of the day and as she approaches, she sees someone there, someone's at the well. She's like, no, this is not what I wanted. This is exactly what I'm trying to avoid. But she needs the water so she keeps going. She walks towards it and as she gets closer, she realizes that it's a man. Ah, oh, this is even worse. What's going to happen? What? What's he going to say to me? What's he going to do to me? I don't, I don't want to be here, but I'm, I need to keep going. So she approaches, just thinking, maybe I can just ignore him. Maybe I can just get the water and get out of there. But as she gets closer to the well, she hears a voice. Will you give me a drink? Oh no, he's talking to me what shall I do? Shall I just ignore him? I can't ignore him. He's just said, what shall I do? So she tries to put him off. She says, oh, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You shouldn't be talking to me. But he persists and they get into a conversation and it's not the conversation she was expecting. Far from ignoring him and trying to hide from him over the course of the conversation, she discovers that this man knows everything about her already. Everything that she's trying to hide from other people, this man already knows. But strangely, that doesn't make her feel worse. It doesn't make her want to shrink and cry in shame. Because despite knowing everything about her, he seems to accept her. He's talking to her as an equal. He's honoring her. He's not judging her. Not only that, but he offers her something. He offers her water that will satisfy, that will mean she'll never thirst again. And he's not talking about water from the well to drink. He's talking about something more than that. He's talking about living water, new life inside of her, a fresh start, healing, restoration, peace. And she wants it. In fact, she's desperate for it. And so this conversation, rather than making her feel worse, has completely changed her life. To the point that she leaves the well, running back to find people, people that she was trying to avoid. She runs right up to them and says, you need to come and meet this man. You need to come and meet this man. He knows everything I've ever done. Come and speak to him. Do you see that transformation? She came in the middle of the day, desperate to avoid people. But after talking to this man, she runs to the people that she was so afraid of and says, come and meet this guy. He's different. He's like no one else. It's incredible. The conversation with this person has completely changed her life. And who is it? It's Jesus. Meeting Jesus has transformed her from being someone who felt that she needed to hide to someone who's fearless and full of life do you want to meet Jesus like that? Because Jesus is the same today and he wants to meet every single one of us and he wants us to know the life, the satisfying water that is found in him and when we find it, when we meet him, we're transformed, we're able to run back into the face of our fears. The Christian life is about meeting Jesus and then re-meeting him over and over again, encountering him every day, spending time with him every day so that he can transform us more and more and set us free to be the people he made us to be. Do you believe that? Do you want that? So we've got to ask, what does it mean to encounter Jesus? How do we meet him like this and receive freedom? And tonight I just want to get really practical on this and I want to share with you two tools for transformation that we use at Mosaic that we talk about on the discipleship chat, which is our discipleship training school, which we'll tell you more about later later on in the year. But these are are some really practical tools that we use that help us to have these encounters with Jesus, these moments of of, uh, meeting with him and being transformed. So you'll see on your cards, on your chairs, there's some little cards. Um, These are for you to take home. These are the two tools that we're going to look at tonight. And um, the first one, the circle, is called the change circle. Then on the other side, there's another one called step in, step out. But I just, as I say, want to get so practical and teach you these things because it's Jesus that transforms our lives. But we have a part to play in recognising what he's doing and partnering with him, responding to what he's doing. And I just wanna encourage you that as we do this, wow, we, we can step into a life that goes beyond what we're currently experiencing and what we could even currently imagine like this woman. So remember at the beginning we said, what do we do when we lose it in a moment? What do we do when something causes us to just pop over the edge, to bubble up and explode? What do we do when, like the woman in the story, we recognise something like shame or fear is rife in our lives. It's stopping us being who we truly are. Well, one option is to feel bad. One option is to ignore it. But a better option is to bring it to Jesus. Because only Jesus can transform us, but he really can. And he wants to transform us in the big things and the little things and he wants to use every moment of our lives to bring us closer to him and reveal more of the truth about him and the truth about who he says we are. And so when we, when we uh, experience one of these moments, it can be not something to ignore, but something to actually bring to Jesus. And so super practically, just pick up your card, the, the circle we're gonna talk about first. Uh, this is a tool, the change circle, that helps us when we spot one of these moments, and it gives us a bit of a process to bring it to Jesus. So it starts with the green arrow, the recognize arrow, and this is the moment that we realize maybe we've overreacted to something, maybe we've done something we know is wrong, maybe we've just acknowledged something difficult is going on in our lives, and like I said, it's so easy to just move on and ignore it, but we need to pay attention and to recognize it as an opportunity to meet Jesus and be transformed. So take a moment to recognize, oh, there's frustration and anger in my heart here. I'm experiencing shame. Just whatever it is, just bring it up and try to get to what's really going on in your heart. So why did I react like this? What am I thinking and believing here? So for me, silly example of my toddler throwing his breakfast on the floor. On one level, there's frustration because I've got to clean it up and I spend my life cleaning up food from the floor. I've got to clean, his clothes I've got to change him and I've only just got him dressed and that's just going to take another 20 minutes of our day but but on a deeper level there's also frustration because I don't know how to change this behavior he does this every time we have a meal he chucks it what am I going to do I can't control him this is scary for me I like to be in control my fear of not being good enough as a parent, if this is what he's like about, fe- about food, what else is gonna, what, how, when else is he gonna kick off? What's it gonna be like as he grows up? I don't know how to parent this giant, you know, fear of me not being good enough as a parent starts bubbling up to the surface. So it's important just to recognize what's going on. And then the second arrow, respond emotionally. So it's important to give yourself permission to express how you feel. Jesus was an emotionally healthy person. He expressed a full range of emotions. He wasn't afraid of his emotion. He didn't try and suppress it, but also he wasn't ruled by it. So it's important that we don't just dismiss our feelings as untrustworthy or irrelevant. The goal here is to express our emotion to God in a way that's honest, but means that we don't have to be ruled by it. So I encourage you just to express where you've been hurt, express disappointment that you felt towards God or towards other people. I was walking um, this change circle through with a person recently who'd noticed a really strong reaction to someone in her family. and as, And as she had this opportunity to start speaking about how she felt in this moment it became very clear that the, the real issue was a deeper hurt that was going on but it was only as she spoke out how she felt about this surface issue that she was able to come, become aware of this thing and it was that that, that really um, that she was able to bring to a place of transformation and, and able to use to bring reconciliation in the relationship. So, just speaking out our emotions helps us to understand what's really going on. And and if we find this difficult, which so many of us do, then reading through the Psalms is just so helpful here because the Psalms, a big book of the Bible, it uses they, the the psalmists use really emotional. Um, language so often to talk about a whole range of different situations, things that have happened, things that are going on with different people, feelings about how how they're feeling towards God and they give us a great model for expressing our emotions in a healthy way. So maybe just try and read through the Psalms until you connect with some words that connect with how you feel and then use that Psalm as a prayer to God to just express how you feel it's important because unexpressed pain, unexpressed disappointment, unexpressed grief and hurt is not a healthy thing. And it's so easy for us to just tell our hearts to shut it down But if we do that, it means that we stop feeling other things and we become disconnected with our emotions and that really affects our relationships with other people and with God. So it's important that we just learn to become healthy in expressing our emotions. And as we express how we feel, it helps us to understand what's really going on, which leads us to the next arrow, which is repent and forgive. So this is where we sort of... getting along the change process with Jesus. So repent means change the way we think, literally turn around in the opposite direction. So we say, God, I'm sorry, I don't wanna continue in this way anymore. I don't want anger and frustration. I repent, I turn away from that. And I want you to just imagine your heart like a river and the water flowing in the river is like the spirit of God living in us and it's flowing through, but often in our hearts there's boulders, there's things that get in the way that stop the river running freely and repentance is just removing these boulders so the river can flow more freely. So repentance is a really joyful thing because it's moving from getting stuck in our ways, it's moving to living in God's way and that's the best way for our lives. So repentance is good. And we know, don't we, that our behavior, our stuff, the stuff that we do comes from what we believe in our hearts. So when we're acting in a way that isn't, doesn't line up to um, how God wants us to, it's because we're believing something that isn't true about him or about ourselves. And so it's not just about repenting of the behavior. We need to repent about the lie that we're believing. So for me in that, what might seem like a silly example, but it's a real one for me. For me, with dealing with... Um, Sam making a mess, it's saying God I don't just repent of the anger that I feel, I repent of not believing that you're in control and believing that I have to be in control instead, I don't want to live like that anymore, I turn away from that and I turn towards the truth. Things that I just find that I regularly need to repent of are things like self-reliance, fear, judgments, unbelief, control, pride, comfort, power, success, recognition. These things are like rocks that can get so easily lodged in our hearts that prevent the river of God's life flowing freely in us. So as well as repentance, we then also need to walk in forgiveness. This is foundational for us as Christians that we are forgiven people called to forgive others. And forgiveness is crucial to keeping our hearts healthy. So big and little things every day, there are always moments where we need to choose to forgive. Someone does or says something that makes us feel hurt or rejected. Someone acts selfishly and there's a consequence for us. And in every one of these moments, we have a choice to stay in bitterness and to withdraw or to actively forgive. And Jesus has a lot to say about this and it's challenging. He says in Matthew 6, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And what he means by this is that forgiveness is not optional to Jesus. He's saying forgiveness doesn't depend on whether the other person deserves it or whether they've apologized. But actually forgiveness is so important to you as a follower of Jesus because it reflects what God has done for you. So God has forgiven you and therefore you forgive. This is the lifestyle of a Christian but it's it's hard sometimes isn't it it's challenging so we also need to know that it's Jesus who gives us power to forgive and he really does Jesus enables us to forgive how many times have you heard stories of people trapped in bitterness and but that moment of choosing forgiveness being the first step to freedom for them. So you might have heard of someone called Corrie ten Boom who was a Dutch Christian who hid um, Jews in her house in the Second World War and she was imprisoned by the Nazis and put in a concentration camp and miraculously she survived and after she came out of prison she spent the rest of her life just travelling around preaching the good news of Jesus to people and she describes a situation where she was preaching in Germany and she'd shared about forgiveness and at the end of the service one of her captors from the concentration camp came up to her and she had just spoken on forgiveness and then this man stands before her who had treated her so atrociously who'd been part of uh, who'd contributed to her sister's death and she realizes that she has to forgive him but there's nothing in her that wants to or feels able to and so she describes the inner battle of saying, Jesus, I, I don't know if I can do this, but if I lift my hand, would you give me the power to forgive? And she describes literally lifting her hand and feeling the power of God moves through her and enabling her to forgive. She just made a choice and God did the rest. And she talks about how much that enabled her to step into freedom. She also was part of um, a work of um, setting up a convalescent home for people that had suffered horrifically in the war. And she said that, the difference between people who got better and people who didn't get better was whether they were able to forgive. Those who forgive went, went on to, to find healing and those who didn't, didn't. Forgiveness is so important, but it's so powerful. And Jesus gives us power to forgive. So we remember the woman in the story, her forgiveness of the people that rejected her was so much that she went and got them and wanted them to meet Jesus. The encounter with Jesus enables her to forgive those people. So we repent, we receive God's forgiveness for ourselves, and then we forgive others involved in the situation. And then that leads us on to renounce and announce. And maybe these are funny words, but what it means is um, if repentance is... Um, turning away from believing lies. Renouncing is like exposing the lies and getting rid of them and receiving the truth. So imagine Jesus coming and putting all the lies that you believe in a box and then taking that box away from you. That's renouncing. And then he brings a new box back to you and this box is full of truth and he teaches you this truth and enables you to live by it. That's what's going on here. So we say, God, I renounce the lie that you are not in control. I just... That has no power over me anymore. I just... like receive your freedom from the power that that had over my emotions, over my thoughts, over my actions. And I turn to you, teach me the truth, teach me uh, what it means to live in the truth that you are in control. Let me experience the peace that comes as I receive that truth, which takes us to the final arrow, receive and believe. We receive these new truths into our heart by asking the Holy Spirit to heal and fill and transform us. It's the Holy Spirit who teaches us truth and gives us power to live in the truth. Our job is to simply let him into our hearts. So as we've walked around the circle, I know I've done it quickly, obviously in reality, it can take a lot longer than that. But as we've walked around the circle, I hope you've seen that we've just bought a normal everyday situation that we could easily ignore. We've bought it to God and said, "'Jesus, use this as an opportunity to transform me.'" And as we do that, I just want to urge you guys to just practice this, to get into the habit of doing this in your life, picking up on moments and bringing them to Jesus and seeing what he does, seeing what he reveals about what's going on in your heart, seeing the truth that he teaches you as as you do this, because I know that it will bring greater freedom. And as we do this as a church, we become set free to be the people that he made us to be and have the impact that he's calling us to in this city. And I talked through the last two arrows quite quickly, and, but often it's trickier than it sounds to identify the lies that we've been believing and replace them with truth. And so that's what the second tool is all about. So on the other side of the cards, this is called Step In, Step Out. And as the name suggests, this tool helps us go a bit deeper to step into what's really going on in our hearts, to identify those lies that we've been believing so that we can step out into greater freedom in the truth. And so we start on the blue side with a presenting issue, so this could be the thing that you noticed as you were going around the change circle in the recognised section, or I've overreacted here. It could be that there's a persistent thought or emotion or behaviour that we just know doesn't line up with what God's got for us, but we're finding it hard to shift, something like anxiety or fear. We just call it out, we bring it up, we present it to God. So for the woman at the well, her presenting issue was shame. So that feeling of I need to hide, I'm not acceptable to others, that's that's shame. That was what she felt, that was what drove her life and stopped her being who she was really made to be. And then we step in a bit deeper to say, what's really going on? Why do I feel like this? Or why do I do this? What, why do I think in this way? And this might take a bit of time. It might be helpful to talk it through with somebody. It might be helpful to write it out a little bit in a journal, to just process, to ask the Holy Spirit to, to lead us and bring to mind, what's going on here? Why do I think like this? So for the woman in the story, what, why did she feel like she needed to hide? Well, she was ashamed of what she'd done in her life. She, did, she was ashamed of the way she lived. She didn't want to be reminded because she knew how she'd been living was wrong, but for her, she saw no other way. She didn't know how else to be. Why did she live like that? Well, she needed affirmation from men. She was desperate to feel loved and accepted. So then we ask, what are the lies I'm believing about myself? Well for her she was believing that she was worthless. She was believing there's nothing acceptable about her. And then what are the lies I'm believing about God? Well for her she was believing well he's just like the rest. He doesn't love me. He doesn't want to know me. He'll treat me the same as all these other men. And now we've got to the lies at the root of the issue. We can really move into transformation because do you see if we try and just um, deal with the presenting issue, God help me not to feel like this, we don't get very far. But when we do the work of unpicking what's really going on, then we position ourselves to receive the truth and it's the truth that sets us free. So Jesus deals head on with the lies at the root of this woman's situation she he makes it so clear to her that god does love her that god does know her that he has time for her that he wants to speak to her that he treats her with dignity and respect that he loves her that he accepts her and it completely it just opens the door to transformation for her so once we've stepped in and exposed the lies we can repent of those lies and then we turn to the step out and so what was it like for her so What's the truth about God that she knew after meeting Jesus? Well, he does love me. He accepts me. He wants me. What's the truth about me that she can believe? Well, I'm acceptable. I'm worth love. What does that mean for how she can think and feel and act? Well, she doesn't have to hide anymore. And how does she live in the light of this truth? While well, she runs back to the people that she was so afraid of. She is not afraid anymore. She can run right back into her old fears. She thought it would be so painful and exposing talking to Jesus. But he spoke directly to her heart what she most needed to hear and she was transformed. She leaves confident that God loves her and her behaviour is totally changed on the basis of this truth. Isn't that amazing? Again, guys, do you want that? Cause it's available to us. Jesus wants us to meet him like this. And I'm sharing these tools with you, not to give you extra stuff to do, but because I just, I've seen so much freedom and transformation in my life and in other people's lives as we've worked through these things and just use them as a starting point, as an indicator, as a pointer towards Jesus to help us connect with him and encounter him. Because there's more for all of us, like we said earlier, there is more for all of us of the life that Jesus wants for us. And so I just urge you, don't let these moments pass by without recognising that they are opportunities to meet with Jesus and be transformed recently I was just talking with a friend about a work situation and as we were chatting about this thing practically I realised that I was getting really defensive and so I just said oh can we just pause I'm re- I can sense this reaction of defensiveness in my heart and I need to just work out where it's come from and so we talked through a step in step out process so defensiveness was my presenting issue why did I feel like that well I felt like I was being told off like I was being criticised for doing the wrong thing it made me feel like a failure and so my instinct was to defend myself. What lie am I believing there? That I'm not good enough, that I'm a failure, that I always get it wrong. What lie am I believing about God? Well, that he's judging me and he will reject me if I fail. Now, I can tell you objectively, I know that's not true. I can tell you, I know that's not what God's like, but my responses were revealing something else. That There was, there was part of my heart that didn't fully know that. And, I, and, and the way I was living was proving that. So, it was worth me get just unpicking it a little bit and seeing that so that I could bring that to God. So, I've exposed the lies. I can repent. God, I don't want to carry on believing these things. I'm sorry for believing lies about you and I turn away from them. Lead me into your truth. So, what's the truth about God? Well, his love is unconditional. He's patient and kind. He's slow to anger. He's rich in love. So, what's the truth about me? Well, I'm accepted as I am, not based on my performance. So what does this mean for how I think and feel and act? Well, it means I don't need to fear failure. I'm free to be myself, to step out and try new things, but also to make mistakes and to learn from them. And how do I live in the light of this truth? Well, I don't need to defend myself. I can receive feedback without feeling hurt. People can disagree with me and it doesn't feel like I'm being criticised. It's freedom. I want, it. I want that more. I want more of that but I could have just glossed over it. I could have just not noticed it. And then I'd just carry on as I was like, okay, but there was more. Remember those scenarios we started with, whether it's getting frustrated with a child, whether it's losing it at other drivers, whether it's just feeling overwhelmed at the pressures of work. We just don't need to pretend that these things don't happen and that we're not really like that. We just don't need to pretend. We just need to be honest and see that there is a way to transformation and to see change in our lives, real change. We don't just say sorry and hope for the best, but we need to realign our thinking with the truth about God and the truth about who he says we are. And so I just give you these tools so that you're armed with a bit of a process, so that you know what what to do when you spot a moment, so that you have something to help you go to God. But at the end of the day, they're just tools. It's Jesus that changes us. It's him, it's, it's meeting him, it's knowing him that transforms us. He sets us free and when we meet him, when we encounter him, listen to him, spend time with him, we are transformed. And it's as he transforms us like this that we're able to make a positive change in the world. That we're able to see transformation in our communities and our workplaces and people's lives around us. We're able to see freedom in marriages and family life and situations that seem locked up. As Jesus transforms us, we're able to see transformation all around us. Because he wants to use us to bring kingdom breakthrough wherever we are. Do you know the story of the woman at the well ends with... verse 39 says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. He transformed her first for her because he wanted her to know him, but also for all the people that were going to meet him through her. He transformed her and then sent her out. And because she's now free to be who she was really made to be, she can draw others to him. She can make a huge impact in her town. Do you know, she doesn't have to fear re- um, judgment and re- not just because she's free but because everyone else is free as well it's a different community that she goes back to because she's led them to Jesus such is the power of the transformation that he did in her what could God do through you if we all encountered him in this way and experienced freedom What could he do through me? What could he do in my community if I found more freedom in him? If I found more transformation in him? He wants it for you because he wants you to live life for the full, but he wants it for those around you. He wants it for the world because Jesus is on the move. Jesus is doing things in the world. He's waking people up to who he is and he's transforming situations that are dark and broken and he invites us to be part of it. And the more free we are, the more available we are to be part of it. And so... It's it's so simple, but it's also so world-changing. Don't let little moments of your life pass by. Use them as opportunities to meet with Jesus, to be transformed by him. Do you want to know him more? He has more for all of us. We're just going to spend some time now focusing on Jesus, listening to him. He's here. And he he just always wants to reveal more of his truth. And when we find that hard, it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to know the truth. And so we're just going to go back into a time of worship and we worship to be with Jesus, don't we? We worship to focus our minds and our hearts on him. And as we do so, we invite his transforming power into our hearts. So would you stand with me? And Claire's going to lead us again, but let me pray. Jesus, I want to thank you that you are here. Wow, that Jesus, you who are God, are here with us because you love us so much that you want to meet with us, that you don't want us to be the same as we came in tonight, that you want to transform us and you're able to transform us all because your Holy Spirit lives in us and your Holy Spirit is here where we don't see you in the flesh anymore. We are filled with the Spirit and so we welcome you Holy Spirit. We pray would you come and fill us afresh would you come and uh, release your power into our lives right now? Would you come and highlight areas where we've been living with lies, areas where we haven't seen the full extent of who you are, where brokenness and pain has held us back from encountering you? Would you just shine light on them, I pray, Holy Spirit? Bring Bring to mind situations, Lord Jesus, that we can bring to you. And as we do that, Holy Spirit, would you bring healing? Would you bring transformation? Would you bring truth? We pray that you would reveal the truth that sets us free to every single one of us tonight. Jesus, thank you that you know the truth that we need to hear. Would you speak it to us now? Would you use your scripture to speak truth to our hearts? Just come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We focus on you right now.